with this whole quarantine business, I was hoping to get your thoughts on, I mean, there's so many things I could ask you. I feel like you've been a mentor for half my life. Um, uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. I, I was uh, at the wireless company that, w- that we worked at. I was 18 when I started. This is 99 when I started there. And uh, yeah. it was half a lifetime ago, more than half a lifetime ago. Um, it seems but, like it. it seems like yeah. it. So, so you, uh, I really wanted to talk to you about real estate since, since that is your wheelhouse now and, uh, whether it's personal real estate or, or corporate real estate, and maybe we could speculate on what we think is going to happen here because Carl, I, I, I've been thinking at least since November or December of last year, before all of the, the pandemic and this new world that we are in and this, this new normal that we're, we're headed to, which, by the way, I've had quite a few people ask me, like, when, when do you think we're, we're going to go back or, or when, when is this thing going to turn around? And, and that, I, I don't think it's going to turn around. I think turning around presupposes it goes back to exactly where we were in November of 2019 or whatever. But that's that's clearly not going to happen. But I don't know how how different the new normal is going to be. Is it going to be a five degree pivot or a 180 degree pivot? I, I, I'm not sure. But but I was wondering that. Even before all this, I was sort of predicting a retail apocalypse in a way, just because I was starting to see a lot of the warning signs. And I was wondering, were you seeing the same thing back in December, January, before all this? And also, what now, now that we're actually seeing businesses forced to close? Well, let's, you know, commercial real estate has several categories, and I kind of keep my eye very closely on the retail environment and somewhat on the office environment. So let's talk about the retail side first. Yes, actually, the retail side has been, and you've seen enough news about it, slowly grinding, you know, encircling the drain to some extent. I mean, you have some uh, platinum properties like here in Cincinnati. We've got the Kenwood Town Center. You're familiar with that one. Oh, yeah. You know, that that one's going to do well. The tenant mix is very strong. It's where new concepts come in you know, with large dollars and can uh, uh, pay the rent and so forth. However, to your point, you know, even even the bigger box guys have been struggling. There's been a, you know, tilting toward delivery, whether it's Amazon or even Target or, or Best Buy. They're all getting into the convenience thing and figuring out not all shoppers want to come in stores and browse around. Or they're so price conscious, they do come and browse and then go buy online. So it's been a slow, you know, downhill roll for retail in general. What you're seeing here is two things that have not happened at the same time. And that's, you know, massive unemployment very quickly. Right. And the the forced shutdown of anything where people congregate that's not essential. And last time I checked, you know, clothing and those type of things weren't essential. So you have this dynamic of, you know, the rents recovered and have surpassed almost in most cases where they were in 2000, prior to the 2008 real real estate crash, recession, whatever you want to call it. They recovered a lot quicker than people thought. And that's where they got the idea of bounce back. But but this thing, Joshua, I think is is so dynamically different in that people have been forced to embrace 
the Amazons and the home deliveries and the home grocery or pull up to the curb and it gets set in your car or vehicle. The, the whole way people look at this and uh, have to embrace it under this condition, I don't see the shopping habits bouncing back or returning anywhere near where they were even a month ago. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you drive through a parking lot of Kenwood and I do that because there's somewhere that I, I cut through and you used to see thousands and thousands of cars and now you see three cars and it's the security people, you, you know, you're like, Oh, this, this is not, this is, this can never go back to what it was. And, you know, it gets back to what I sent you, you know, h- how do you look at that and how does it change and what will it change to and where's the opportunity? As you know me, I'm not much for navel gazing and, you know, sitting around the drinking fountain worrying about endless scenarios. I'm looking at how how you look at all this and wh- where's the opportunity, where, where the opportunity isn't for a large part of these retailers is. If they don't get the shoppers back in, they have problems, you know, making rent. That ripples back to the landlord. Uh, Commercial property is 95% valued by net operating income. And if they're not collecting rents, the multiples aren't there and the values aren't there. And then they start running into problems with financing or how they've collateralized the property. So it's just this whole perfect storm and it's not a good one things have already changed pretty significantly since since the the last crash of 2008 you know i just saw a a best buy commercial on youtube from 2006 and it was like it might have it might as well been from 1956 i mean it, it felt like it was so far in the past that the world has changed so rapidly in just 14 years since since that commercial was out there and and it's also manifest in uh, physical properties too one of my favorite little pastimes if i want to veg out is i'll get on youtube and i'll watch these these dead mall videos and i i don't know why but i find them endlessly fascinating uh, because there's a place that was a, a behemoth just a decade ago is either dying or dead. You, you, even in Cincinnati, you look at the Tri-County Mall. I mean, uh, from what I hear, and I haven't been in there in probably a decade, uh, from what I hear, it's it, it's not it, it's a ghost town. And and you got Forest Fair Mall right down the street and, and all these places where even even before this this sort of pandemic um, that they were they were struggling, this is the, the final nail for a lot of places, right? It really is. And, and to get back to what I talk a little bit about the Kenwood property, it is a platinum um, property uh, that was owned by GGP and now Brookfield owns, uh, owns that portfolio. That, that's, you know, that's always going to have a, a really big regional draw because it's got the high-end retailers in there that, you know, you have to go to a, a major city to see. The other malls that have, you know, a generic mix or an unstable mix or a mix tilted toward just a small, you know, purchasing power group. Uh, they're just not going to survive um, because they, they don't have that draw. If you don't have a really great tenant mix, you're kind of out of the game here. I mean, yeah, you can, you can run discount stuff and that'll always be okay, but those stores don't feed off of other stores. They're just, you know, it becomes a, 
a destination versus, you know, malls used to be where you went for some form of entertainment and shopping and convenience. Uh, it's no longer entertaining to most people. It's not as convenient as sitting on your couch and tapping on your tablet or whatever and hearing the doorbell ring sometimes the same day. Uh, it, it, the whole expectation by the shopper, the whole experience by the shopper, and the whole you know number of options and choices and information and comparative analysis you can do just sitting there with a phone or a tablet or a laptop <laughs> that that ad that you are referencing none of that was available back then yeah yeah and and that was that was sort of the only game if you wanted to get all your options they were all there in in one place and now it it almost feels like a burden if i have to like drive out to best buy and park and and then deal with the the greeter and someone trying to sell me something and it's uh it's a totally different landscape and i'm noticing that here in, in los angeles too even even the areas that aren't like on the outskirts of town but if you walk down the sunset strip h&m just went out of business and i can point to uh a dozen other businesses right around there that that within the last three or four months went out of business and i can only imagine how this is going to to escalate you know, the these other businesses who were you know, maybe had had some profit margin, but were having some cash flow issues. Uh, this this destroys their cash flow, and and I, I don't know. I think you're going to see a contraction in a lot of industries that that aren't going to bounce back. But maybe from that, we're going to see new industries pop up. And I don't know what that does for real estate or or, or commercial real estate in particular. Well, I don't I don't think. Overall, it's it's a great picture. It depends on, you know, how the landlords fare, because that determines how the properties are maintained and how much money they have to incent, you know, new retailers into spaces that are vacated. The problem that the owners have now is even the big guys, and I won't name them, but there's already news out that some of them are saying, hey, we're not going to pay April rent or May rent. And you're talking about places that are thirty to forty thousand square feet. I mean, those rents are significant. And when you go a month without that, uh, even if you're a big portfolio holder and you have several of these, you know, brand stores in your portfolio, that's a that's a large dent. And then you have the thought by the landlord, well, I can, you know, call out the lawyers, but then I want this landlord if they recover. I'm sorry, this tenant, if they recover, I don't want to be on the bad side of that. So everybody's got the same problem of, you know, it goes down the food chain. You know, the customer's not buying, the store's not selling, the store's not paying rent, the landlord's not getting rent, the landlord's got to finance. <laughs> Can you see the problem here? Yeah. None, of it's good. None of it's good. No, it isn't. Although if there's any silver lining, maybe we're going to start being more deliberate with the way that we spend our money. I mean, the I think of Black Friday as as sort of the quintessential example of of the the lack of intentionality, right? The people beating each up other up to to save twenty dollars on a blender or a uh, a TV that is cheaply made, and and so I can't imagine us doing that again in the future. I mean, it's going to be hard enough getting people to shake hands again at some point. I mean. Three months ago, Carl, if you if someone extended their hand to you and you didn't shake it, you look like a real jerk. But now, if you're the one who extends your hand, you look like a jerk right now. And and so I don't know what the new the new normal is going to be going forward. But 
um, I, I'm, I'm imagining a world in which retail is going to be changed significantly. And people often think as, as the minimalists were against retail or we're against buying, we're, we're not against those things. We're against mindless consumption. We're, we're against you know, living beyond our, our means, but we all need some stuff. And of course, where are we going to get that? We're going to get it from businesses who make things in a deliberate fashion. And I'm, what I'm worried about right now is you have a lot of small businesses, local independent shops that are totally going to get hosed because the last three to five days of the month is where all their profit margin is. And, and they're in the red the first you know, 25 days of the month in a lot of cases. And they're out of business for two weeks, four weeks, two months. They might not open their doors again. Well, there's that possibility, but but the advantage that a small business has, they can pivot, reinvent, and you know redirect their efforts and their messaging a lot faster than the big guys. That's right? true. You, you, you saw that in the corporate world. Um, wh- when we started uh, that company, we would get in a conference room and we'd hash it out and nobody would leave until we hit it. When uh, When we left there, it was, you know, meetings on meetings on meetings. So, you know, small business has a fierce following if they do well. And if they do right by their customers, there's, there are a lot of people that don't go to nationals. They only go to locals. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily think they're doomed any more than anybody else. They just got to be smart and they got to be quick Mm. and they got to watch and they got to interact with their client or their customers and get feedback and they got to go out there and go, Hey, you, you had to drill through your savings for a month because that promised unemployment check didn't show up. And now you're in the hole, you know, can I extend you some credit? Will you come shop with me? I mean, you know, there's, I don't have this, the silver bullet answer here, but I do have, you know, the direction of get out there while it's kind of, you know, wait, wait, maybe one more minute. And start asking your customers, what what do I need to be, do, and how do I need to appear so that I can be successful and, and give you what you want and need and will pay for pay me for? Yeah, I think this will give customers and also employees more more power, hopefully, in a way that maybe they they didn't have before. Um, you know, when it becomes a uh, a, a buyer's market, so to speak, you know, before, you know, and, and I'm noticing that now, like I said, you, you're seeing Sunset Boulevard and here in, in West Hollywood just completely empty out. And you're starting to realize like a lot of this had to do with just overpriced rents. And, and now it has, it has a lot more to do with, uh, I guess the, the entire equation, but I was hoping to shift real quick to housing. What do you think this is going to do to housing? I think the the issue with housing is obviously right now, and I'm hearing this from you know my residential real estate friends that everybody's taking a wait and see. You, you know, you've got to have money to to buy a house, and if all of a sudden one or two uh, earners are furloughed or laid off or whatever you want to call it, while we all wait for this thing to end. Uh, that changes and that causes banks to, you know, reassess whether you're qualified to, to buy a house or even, you know, trying to sell and buy another one. And, and even going and looking at a house now, 
it, it's not possible. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you can't even look at it. Although I would tell you this, look, people don't go and look at a house until they thoroughly vet it on, on the internet. And if you don't have 35 pictures, all of them really great, people don't even go look at it. So there's, there's some possibility that there could be a, you know, line forming when you can physically go look at things. One of the top realtors here in Cincinnati told me weeks ago, he says, look, if you don't, if your house doesn't sell in five to seven days, there's two problems. You've priced it wrong, too high, or the pictures show it as outdated and not a value to the buyer. Mm. So that, that tells you that, again, the tools that consumers have, including house buyers, are a lot different than they were 10, 12 years ago. Um, I think that when you have you know, an, a near crash of an entire economy that most people have not lived through unless you lived through the depression a hundred years ago or whenever it was. Um, I, I don't think they have, they have the understanding of w- what it takes to dig out of this thing. And stimulus is stimulus, but you can see there's already problems with that. So my, my concern there is, is that that's a, that's a, uh, a Band-Aid fix to a, to a large hemorrhaging problem we have here. Uh, it can change, but I'm, I'm kind of like back to the same thing. You know, I think people are going to stand still and pause long after we're allowed to, you know, go see our neighbors uh, and, and return to maybe 80, 85% of what we would call normal, you know, a month and a half ago. Do you think it's going to be, if you wanted to buy a house, sometime this year? Is it going to be a good year to buy one, a bad year to sell one? What are your thoughts? I think if you have money and you have the wherewithal or the buying power or the financing power, I would wait a little bit. Again, you're going to see the market, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, it's true, can't, can't make it through missing a second paycheck. And so you're going to see problems where people, you know, signed up as they have for a long, long time to barely afford something. And if something's out of kilter, it all starts rolling downhill. So you'll see, my prediction is you'll see some of that hit the property. You know, housing has, you know, low, medium and high price stuff. High price stuff, generally, you don't have that big of a problem. Medium, you have a little more lower again because of you know, first time homeowners, we all stretched pretty good. If you remember buying your first house, it was kind of a scary thing. Um, where mature people that have their house paid off, they're not affected by this so much. Although we all have to pay taxes and utilities and insurance and all those things. So if you don't have the income or your, your portfolio, all of a sudden is a percentage of what it was and you don't feel confident, then you're going to see a little bit of, uh, impact to the market and it would be a buyer's market how do we get that confidence back because it feels that 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 word confidence is the thing that is going to be lacking because out of uncertainty is a total lack of 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 confidence right and so Mm -hmm. what do you think it's going to take to get that back i think if businesses again pivot in a way that you know they get closer to the employment number we had you know 45 days ago instead of what we're going to see in the next 15 to 30 days that the, the employment rate and the fact that people feel confident that they'll 
be employed and get a steady, you know, income of some sort or have the opportunity for, as you know, real estate people only get paid on performance. 90% of them are, you know, percentage of the sale when it's closed kind of thing or when a lease is signed. So the opportunity has to be out there and people have to gain confidence in some form of restoration of businesses. But I, I don't know what that is and I don't know how fast it can be because I don't know what it is. And yeah. I think a lot of really smart business people are thinking about that. And that's kind of why I sent you that uh, little quote I did um, was to, you know, start thinking and start thinking where the opportunity is. And so that where the thought comes out of opportunity, you know, healthcare is a large part of our economy, as is banking. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have to really think their way out of a hole here a little bit. Um, and, and if this if this condition, uh, these these viruses without cures or uh, vaccines continue to pummel the earth, um, I, I'm not sure how how that comes out in the end because there may not be an end. So we've we've got to get a little faster, smarter, and there's got to be better coordination at top levels. We're kind of out of the field of real estate here, but I think it all call kind of rains down on on real estate and a lot of other things that we think of in, in our daily lives when it becomes impacted like it is now. Carl, thanks for chatting, man. I appreciate it. It's always good to catch up. Be well and stay safe.